I'm Josh Snyder. You're watching Thoughtful Discussions, and I'm here with Paul Seif. Awesome. And uh, what do you do? Oh, Josh, it depends on the day. Uh, <laughs> Tell me all the things. All the things. All well, the things. Um, I am a um, working on becoming a Presbyterian minister. I'm actually in my uh, examination year for ordination. Cool. Um, so uh, I work with a couple area churches. Mm-hmm. Um, I do this thing called pulpit supply, where basically I give like ministers their Sundays off. Cool. Um, sort of all over the city. Uh, yeah. Don't ask me where, because they're mostly just places that I like Google Maps there. Um, mm. Although recently I've been out in, um, I've been like preaching monthly at this church out in Brookline. Um, cool. But uh, I also am a parent to two. I've got yeah. um, a 19 year old son who, this is what, this is what that looks like. Yeah. 19 year old son <laughs> uh, who's uh, in his first uh, first year at CCAC and actually got his first like grown person job cool this year um, so he's been working for a political lobby doing like gathering voted voter data on the north side uh, I've been pretty excited about that um, nice pretty important lead into the midterms I think for sure um, right uh, my daughter Quinn uh, is nine and a half and like tries everything yeah so she keeps us pretty busy nice. um, I uh, on top of ministry stuff, I um, DJ a bit in the city. Yep. I put on parties. Um, cool. Yeah, so a little, little bit of this, a little bit of that. I kind of wear a lot of hats, well, yeah. literally and figuratively. It's <laughs> good. And you moved to Pittsburgh how long ago? Uh, four and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So from we, where? From Portland, Oregon. Okay. Yeah, we moved here so that I could finish seminary. Um, actually, uh, went to seminary uh up in highland park okay uh, pittsburgh theological seminary which is where fred rogers went to school and if, if you knew that i didn't yeah okay yeah so. that's awesome so definitely well-rounded that's yeah that's for sure that's good and and a, and a round face <laughs> that's good to, good to have a sense of humor <laughs> especially in this community uh what was it what was it like growing up in in portland like all for people that didn't grow up there, you know, we have Portlandia and we have, you know, other things that just kind of make fun of it. Yeah, it's it's all true. It's all that's yeah, what it is. Putting birds on everything and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, like like all satire, right? There's there's right. A, a, a kernel of truth, and I would say, of course, in the case of Portlandia, that the kernel is more like apple sized, and okay. the apple didn't really fall very far from the tree. Uh, gotcha. I, I think. Um, so what was it like growing up in portland um so i mean i went i started going to um like all ages mm-hmm. dance parties okay starting pretty young yep um i you know we had a pretty thriving music scene um lots of great local bands mm. uh one of our you know favorites brian Jonestown massacre just mm-hmm. played here in pittsburgh last night um uh you know, like I think, growing up we had lots of um, all ages dance spots, lots of all ages concert venues. Yeah. Um, like uh, it's kind of hard to describe what that life was like. I mean, right. I guess sort of any city. Yeah. Where you had yeah. like a thriving all ages music scene. Right. In like the '90s, like people don't really know what that looks like or what that is. But, right. 
Um, Do you think we have that here in Pittsburgh? Uh, not all ages. Yeah. Not, I mean, not that I've seen. I, I, uh, I have a couple parties that I do every year that we have like a, an all ages component. Okay. Where, but it's mostly like, like, um, like it, um, this party we do in December called Prince versus Michael's right. final dance party that like people bring their kids out to, which is super rad. Cause like, you know, kiddos on a dance floor are right. sort of better than anybody. Right? Absolutely. Um, like, uh, there was this kid that showed up who was like maybe 11 and okay. did the entire dance to Thriller. So nice. Like, what? Heck These yeah. Bananas. Right. Um, but that's like, still, that's still so legendary. Like people, like, like my, my niece, it was, you know, she was three years old and she got the, the, the Thriller tape, the tape of like how right. it was made. And then it had the video yeah. and she would watch that. She was, she was probably five, like, six years old. Like VHS. VHS. Yeah. In her room, she'd watch it. Six years old and loved it. Like she, she'd watch it every night, and it's like, and this is what twenty, thirty years later. This yeah. is a while back, but it was still like, it's relevant. Thirty-five years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was twenty years ago, or it was twenty years old yeah. when she was watching it. So, That's incredible. Yeah, I, I think I mean I think it's interesting to bring up um, VHS, right? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm I'm forty-two. I turned forty-three this year. I was yeah. born in nineteen seventy-five, which okay. means like in my lifetime we've gone from uh like like one inch reel to reel to reel right like tape masters yeah and eight track right and yes beta max like so that that's where we were in like 1975 right Correct. yeah um like computers were the size of a room mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. like that will do now like less than what something that sits in your pocket absolutely so like like right, i right. i have been, in I remember, my lifetime yeah. we've gone from all of our you know, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a vinyl collector, right? And, right. and a vinyl DJ and, and like out, outside of people who held on to some of their records, yeah. like, um, like, uh, I mean, just, just in my lifetime, I've, I've gone from like listening to my parents, Beatles and Eagles mm -hmm. albums on the eight track player in their Volkswagen bus. Right. Like to growing up with like Stevie Wonder vinyl at home mm -hmm. to seeing like all of our record collections, my own included go from cassette to vinyl back to cassette to CD to digital. Right. Like, yeah. And, and I mean the, the fact that that like, I mean, I know people who have like literally replaced their entire music collections like over and over and over again. And, right. Um, like <laughs> you gotta like I gotta have it I gotta have it <laughs> not just gotta, gotta be gotta here it, I, gotta I gotta have it here thing, right? uh, yeah yeah you know I had that I had that Prince record on record and now I have to have it on CD and right. I have to be able to like download it and now I have to have it on vinyl again mm -hmm. now it's now it's on my Spotify <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> it, it is what it is I get it yeah I, uh, I have a weird relationship with Spotify, though. I okay, all right. I think it's good that you brought that up. Cause, yeah. Like, I, um, weird things happen when you let the robots pick music, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, yep. the things that the robots choose based on their algorithms or whatever, like, right. oh, you like this Lee Scratch Perry song, you're going to love the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. No. <laughs> like, why would I? No, that's I, – I don't know. If, if Maybe nobody knows either of those references, and that would be – Right. Nothing similar about it. It's just <laughs> – 
for some reason it, it, it had a word right. that it communicated with and it was like oh yeah this thing i i was looking actually so i used to listen to pandora a lot yeah. and you thumbs up things and thumbs down things and after about six months it had me down really well and i looked there you can go into settings and you can figure out exactly like what it is you like to listen to and it was like it was one sentence and it it, it pegged me so good it was like melodic hip-hop with you know this and this if and if it had like acoustic parts in it or something like it was like and i was like wow all of the songs that i like right now are exactly that one it thing and i'm like all right well i guess i guess i'll just keep listening to what what they show me next sometimes yeah it would, it would hop around a little bit but it was good the the technology that you I mean if you're just listening to on vinyl yourself you're never going to get get that input of like hey try this new this is this is something different you know yeah, I I don't I don't stream at all. Okay. Like at all. Yeah. And, and that's a I, I, that's a, that's a really like luddite thing to say, but it's not. That, it's not that I don't consume digital music. Right. Um, like, I probably have, um, uh, because of the fact that I've had to, to turn over my music collection so many times. Being, yeah. Being a child of the '90s, like, <laughs> I probably have. Um, thousands thousands of albums in the cloud yeah um like many of which i'll never listen to again right. ever uh they're just they're just there yeah and I, and I think i sleep better at night knowing that they're there of course even though. yeah but uh the way that i actually discover new music which is again a super luddite way to discover new music, i'm is, so curious about this is right i now. actually check out like new cds from the library okay um, and I can tell you, they're always in really, really good condition because and they, nobody checks out CDs. I'm surprised they have new CDs in the library, like they, all the time. They do all the time. So like, uh, <laughs> like once every couple weeks, yeah. I'll, like basically you look at everything that they've ordered in. Mm -hmm. That's a new release from that, from those two weeks and I'll read reviews and I'll yeah. like go online and, and watch people's like YouTube reviews or I'll check out, you know, maybe what. You know, see what uh, Pitchfork might be saying about an, an album. If something looks, if something looks interesting, I'll yeah. check it out, right? And hmm. uh, so I end up ordering like maybe, we'll just say for the sake of conversation, like maybe seven sure. albums a week, right, yeah. from the library. But it's crazy, like it's always like new music roulette, right? Because you never yeah. know what it's going to show course. up of because course. you've just requested from the library. And so <laughs> usually by the time I get it. I maybe don't even remember like what it was or right. why it looked interesting. So it's always kind of a surprise. So I'll check out these, you know, I'll check out music from the library and I'll like, uh, like listen to an album on a commute. Like if I'm driving my daughter somewhere or whatever. Sure. And um, if I like it, I'll go out and I'll, you know, kick down the money and buy the record. And hmm. um, so, I mean, I, I feel like in, it's a way that I can discover music that, that causes me in a time where we're being, where we're finding ways to be less engaged yeah. with yeah. sort of um, like it compels me to actually go out and read what right. someone wrote right? and like consume an entire album that someone made instead of just like listening to a song that's sort of piped to me somewhere. Right. Right. Um, I'm like holding a physical object that the library actually paid for. So I right. know that like the artist is getting something as opposed yeah. to, like on Spotify where they're getting like a dollar per million plays or whatever it is. Right. I mean, unless they're Taylor Swift and can like leverage a better deal, but like, <laughs> um, and then, you know, since I have like a fixed amount of money that I can actually spend on new music, um, yeah. 
because to be honest, most of my money goes to buy records. I could spend at parties, which is mostly old stuff. Yeah. Um, because you know that's what the kids dig. Um, like at least at vinyl parties. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm into that. Yeah. So like, um, if if I can buy like a cool old, like '70s fusion record, like mm. that's where. But but again, I mean, I do buy new music, and right. I mostly buy it on vinyl. Mm. But I buy new music on vinyl that I discovered through the library. Like, um, uh, I don't, a couple late lately that I picked up, um, Moses Sumney's um, album, A Romanticism. If you haven't listened to it, like, check it out. Super okay. rad. Um, this UK band um, called uh, King Cruel okay. put out a record last year. It's super rad. Awesome. Um, you know, these are both things I discovered through the library and, you know, ended up going out and picking up. And Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely check those out. Um, for music in is there any music in pittsburgh like artists or anyone that that you've kind of caught on to and you really enjoy just curious uh mars jackson's yeah he's yeah. got a great debut record and the fact that yeah. so many people that we know yeah here in town were involved in making that happen from right both uh, artistic direction yep. um our you know my good friend rb and um you know uh i, I mean i love the fact that that's you know, everybody involved in sort of making it or mm -hmm. our hometown. So you can have that sort of hometown pride. Right. Um, we did, uh, we printed the, the booklets, the lyric book. Yeah, you did. And the, uh, the insert, and then we shrink wrapped it and put the sticker on top. Was so that, was, was that the first album that you've worked on? Um, here, uh, no, not actually. It's not, it's the first complete like album. The other stuff we did, we did one for the scratch and sniffs. Uh, where it was just a, a piece of paper. It was a 12 by 18 sheet, and we folded it at the 12, so the record showed up on the back, like half of it. And so it was, it was cool because it was just like a regular poster folded and then had their like the the info, like the record cover was on the front and the info was on the back. And then, uh, so that was kind of cool. And we've done a couple things here and there. We're actually doing some right now for uh, Red Fishbowl has a, a split CD that they're they have two different artists that are on it and so we're helping out with the packaging for that so we did labels and we're doing the shrink wrapping and insert and everything so there's a there's been a couple opportunities but Mar mars is definitely one of my favorites because it's a it was a big project for one and it had to be perfect i like like something wasn't quite right and i'm just like nope we're not doing that we're gonna wait and get it perfect if anyone's wondering what those popping sounds were are on the <laughs> podcast that's me messing with my water bottle that's you got to hydrate. Not a technical difficulty. <laughs> you got to hydrate. Hydration difficulty. <laughs> You're good. So you you mentioned RB. How do you know RB? Or when did you meet? So I met um, RB. You know, I don't actually remember how I met him. Yeah. I know that I know that our first that I became aware of his clothing line yeah. somehow probably seeing people wear the Pittsburgh yeah stuff everywhere right right, right. it's all uh, over town. and and the fact that my um my daughter Quinn from literally the minute that she found out we were moving to Pittsburgh she has called it Pittsburgh yeah and still to this day mostly <laughs> calls Pittsburgh Pittsburgh okay so um I, I mean I, that probably endeared me to at, at very least his his product and through that his design aesthetic right uh, but i know that i invited rb to vend 
okay. to represent his brand at a uh, party that I did with um, two DJs, Steely Dang and Selecta, mm-hmm. maybe two and a half years ago. Okay. Um, that was a uh, Tribe Called Quest versus De La. Um, nice. Like vinyl dance party. Mm. Um, and uh, just kind of immediately, I don't, I don't know, like RB has this way about him that, that right. it, it, he's pretty easy to like just fall madly in love with. Like, right. He's just like the, <laughs> the nicest, Absolutely. most enthusiastic dude, right? That right. just, so uh, we've had opportunity to collaborate on a couple things. Cool. Mixed Threads is one of them. Nice. Um, I'll be and, there, by the uh, way. Great. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. Power I got a, City. I got a booth. Rep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, we also have a party um, called Who Sampled that we right. have been doing that uh, I I think, I mean, that that's a party that, that RB and I were talking about for maybe six months before okay. it, the first one happened. Where gotcha. Basically, it's kind of a, a golden and silver age hip hop party that that leans really heavy in all of the source material that that great hip-hop is built from awesome um, from soul and funk and fusion and, hmm. and great old pop so it's really cool to see cats like figure out interesting ways to mix together right um you know songs that we all know and love with the the samples that they're built from uh, interesting obviously and it really i think it's it's very it's a very producer forward kind of party right um you know so it's a good time. That's awesome. And that's a spirit. That's a spirit. Yeah. Cool. It happens. Um, right now we're doing it every other, other, every other month. There's definitely enough demand from DJs to do it monthly. Okay. Um, haven't quite figured out how to get the kids to come out to that one. It's interesting. Like, you know, we might, the last one, I think we had like 35 people come out and I think, yeah, more than half the room was DJs. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely well, like, it's probably interesting for them to see too. They're like, Oh, well, what, yeah, are they, what are they going to do? Totally. You know? Yeah, it's a good time. Right. I can see that. I've, I mean, I, I was definitely interested when I saw it. I haven't been to one yet, but I'll, I'll be checking it out. That's that's on my list for sure. Are there any events around town that you that you see that you like going to that, that you're not a part of? Uh, yeah, my my good friend Anthony Susan has a has a party um, that he does with another another friend of mine, uh, Charlie Scott, over at Goldmark. Uh, okay. they, have a, they have a monthly um, called "For the Record." Yeah, that, uh, yeah, basically, um, and it's that's a vinyl vinyl party, and they they always have a, a guest DJ, and they they do a, a really good job at having sort of um, filling that third slot with with kind of an interesting hmm. kind of um, maybe outside the box, right? Um, and it could be anything from like you know, last one was like an kind of an old head, like, okay, uh, like rave party dj from the 90s with like this huge beard like a harley <laughs> nice. davidson had and he was, he was super rad and this super yeah. crazy guy and like had really great stories um but like i think those sort of um parties that that i think can transcend genre yeah to some degree or even transcend generation yeah to some degree or or cultural context Right. Um, those are the sort of things that I'm into, and I, those are the sort of parties that I try to do, and, and the really the sort of parties that I try to support a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think part of that is because you know, as a as a like a culture kid who grew up in the '90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a I have a personal definition for the word diversity from going to all ages. Right. Like, 
queer run dance nights. Right. Um, and going to record stores and like reaching for the same record. Yeah. As someone who is from a totally different neighborhood, totally different cultural context, right. doesn't look like me. And we're like, Oh, you're into that band. I'm in that band. Yeah. I'm into that band. Like right. having those interesting connection points, like yeah. that are sort of allowing, um, music or a moment in culture to sort of draw us out of our own feedback loop. And yeah. Like to understand like relationality in a deeper way mm -hmm. or to more maybe contextualize our relationship to, to community in some way. Right. Um, but uh, like, yeah. So, I mean, for the record, that's a, that's a great party. Um, nice. Our boy RB, you know, his, his uh, imprint, make sure you have fun. I mean, he's, he's got yeah. um, great parties that, that I think um, do a good job at uh, sort of um, saying something yeah. interesting about culture to culture. And, and I think moving the, moving the needle a little bit. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I, I like what he's doing for sure. Is there anything in the music scene that you would like to see move forward more or that it's missing? I mean, I think that the easy answer is, I mean, we'd all love to see more people come out, right? Yeah. And, and support cool parties. Uh, right. Cool parties aren't sustainable unless people right. like actually make the effort to come out and, and support them. And I think that that's, um, it's hard in a city like Pittsburgh, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a small town. I mean, sometimes right. I feel like there's literally a thousand people that right. do things in the yeah. city and we all know each other, right? Right. It's true. Like, it's true. Uh, and so <laughs> like trying to get those thousand people to go to the same thing right yeah right it's, it's i mean it's untenable right but like to at least get them like those of us that do go out maybe to make more of an effort to go out more often perhaps right, right. um like uh i mean it's 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 an honor that you know this party that we did a couple weeks ago who sampled that like so many djs came out and supported it right because like those are nights that they could have been spinning like right they're not making money to come out and support this this show because they believe in it right but right um, but ultimately the show has to make money, which means people need to come out and like, right. Right. Uh, I mean, I think that there's, you know, other than just a general, like wish that people would come out more often. Like, yeah. I think that, um, um, I think that, that we've got like a cool scene. Yeah, definitely. And I think maybe not everybody knows that there's cool things that happen yeah right? like how do we yeah it's, a, it's an inviting scene too like anyone can show up and you know within a couple hours you're kind of right. there and you're in and you kind of loosen up and you can dance and it's 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 a fun crowd you so can dance yeah, yeah. I could get down there yeah <laughs> um so you moved to pittsburgh four years ago for so for me i moved seven years ago and right. I started this business four years ago when my son was born. So okay. right around the same timeline. And at first it was a little bit hard to kind of break into the community because it is so tight knit. But then once I, once I got a few clients under my belt and the word of mouth, Hey, this, you know, I was telling everyone I knew, Hey, I'm right. doing printing, I'm doing printing, I'm doing printing. Right. And then once I got a, a handful of people, then it, then it flourished. So for you, what was your, like, how did you kind of break that ground? Did you feel kind of the same way or were, were you introduced pretty quickly in? So I, I actually got really lucky. Yeah. Uh, and that I, um, I got to 
uh, I got connected with yeah. um, my very, very dear friend, uh, DJs, one of our, you know, I think one of our best DJs in the city, Selecta, who's yeah. 45th birthday Correct. is happening Correct. in a couple of days. And I'm going to be yeah. picking up the DJs from the airport. Um, I think awesome. just found out today. Uh, like, <laughs> Uh, very dear friend. Uh, okay. he and so did I, you know him before you moved? No, like we met it, uh, at a couple parties. Okay. Um, when I was working for Ace Hotel. Okay. He, he came in and, and um, I think spun for the Monday night industry party that, that Ace does called In the Weeds. Okay. And um, I struck up a conversation with him because I'd, I had come to his record store, 720. Yes. Okay. Um, so that was going to be another question. So you, you have been to the record store. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so because of that record store, I mean, I yeah. got to know Jimmy, mm -hmm. got to know his business partner, Paul Dang, who's right. another very, very dear friend of mine. Love him to death. And, you know, Paul Dang and RB yeah. and yeah. I do this thing, Mixed Threads. Yeah. Um, got to know, um, you know, his... Jimmy's former business partner, Nate, the barber, who's also a fantastic DJ, yep. uh, got to know, you know, one of my dear friends, Anthony Susan, who's also a phenomenal DJ who used to work for 720. Um, so, uh, I got to kind of through happenstance fell mm. in with some really wonderful and mm. just, uh, that's kind of all click generous yeah. people yeah, yeah, who, yeah. you know, were, um, sort of comfortable with my just unabashed I'm brand new in town enthusiasm right, right. Like, like let's just well, that, do things right absolutely because um, I didn't I hadn't been here to suffer through and know any better right I, I got like, I got chills anyone listening that can't see I got chills right now the same thing kind of happens and uh and my buddy Garrett that's behind the camera right now right. he moved up from West Virginia and he's like Every couple of weeks, he's like, and by the way, thanks for everything you're doing for me. Like the, you keep shouting my name, you keep right. telling people. It's like, like I get it. Like you, you gotta, you gotta put bread on your table too. Totally. And once you have a network, once you have, and you see someone that's doing something good that you like, you want to make sure that they they're able to keep doing that. Right. And the so. Growing up in Southern California, like you don't look at other people, you don't talk to other people, you don't like it's if you're in public, like it's not. Like it's it's not really cool to everyone at home. You should be yeah. listening to this because it's totally true. On the West Coast, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk to people that we no. do not know. Exactly, we no. just don't do it. Why would you do that? Yeah, that's it's just like no. We're here. You can you can look outside, or you're on the corner, and you're like, hey, is that is that giant eagle closed a little early? And there, someone's like, oh, it, what what happened? Uh, and like two yeah. people answer you. Yeah, and it's just like you just talk out loud, and and but it's the same thing in the community. Once you have someone that likes what you're doing, right. they want to put you on blast. Definitely. And so I'm really glad that you found that. I mean, it's a, it's a dual edged sword, right? Right. That there's no autonomy in this town at all. Right. <laughs> because I mean, again, if there's a thousand people that do things right. and we all know each other, like I have the most interesting experiences when, uh, like I used to be used like expect that when someone introduced me to someone that yeah. they're introducing me to someone that they, that I don't already know. Right now <laughs> in Pittsburgh, I have the experience generally that when I'm at a party and someone's like, Oh, Josh, have you met my friend? Right. And whoever they're introducing me to is someone like, that I yeah, already we know. know. Right. Right. And we're like, Oh yeah, we know each other because of this and this and this and this and this. And, right. um, and people just ask me like, do you know this person? I'm like, probably because like, Pittsburgh, like, I don't right. know. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if, 
I know someone until I looked them up online, right? Yes. That happens at 42. But uh, I, I think that um, this this phenomenon in the West Coast where like people don't talk to people. Yeah. And, and it's not that it's not like people are mean. No. It's just that. Right. Like, you don't go up to someone who's a stranger and just be like, hey, I like your shirt. Like, right. you have to – maybe you like their shirt, but you have to have, like, other levels of engagement. Like, maybe you're in the right. same yoga studio and you realize <laughs> that they're your barista. And, right. Like, then you'll have a reason to introduce yourself, right? Sure. But, uh, like – It's kind of a mix of, like, don't be weird, don't waste my time, don't – like, like there's, yeah. there, there's some barriers that – there, there's a, it's California, so it's chill or West Coast, and it's like there's a chill vibe, but at the same time, like, like at I feel same like, time, like, what are you selling? Right, like, right, like, what's, what are we really talking about? Correct, here? what's actually going on? Right, and so there's that healthy suspicion, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here, I mean, you don't have to try so hard, <laughs> so there, you don't have to sell anything, you're not trying to like one up someone else or you're not trying to like get something out of it tell me if this experience rings true to you okay or, let's see like uh so when we first moved here um i would hang out a bit at brillo box which is just right up sure the road yeah yeah so um and uh i would just sit at the bar yeah and have a drink yeah and when you sit at the bar and have a drink you make friends i'm from in portland yes you go ahead sorry you just you're just <laughs> having a relationship with right. the beverage, the music that's playing. Correct. Maybe you're talking to the person that you came with. Right. You're probably talking to the bartender, but you're not talking to the people that are beside you. Correct. So in Pittsburgh, I'd be sitting at the bar and people right. would strike up conversations with me. And not only did they want to talk to me, they yep. want to know like qualitative things about my life. Right. Like what I'm into. Yeah. Like likes, dislikes. And, <laughs> and they actually want to get to know you yeah, for some reason. Like they, they're they're It's a more human interaction. Right. So, of course, being right. being someone from the West Coast. Right. I have this internal dialogue that's like, at what point is the clipboard going to come out? Right. At what point are you going to try to sell me insurance or <laughs> like get me to save the planet? Right. Because you can't just be you're a stranger talking to me. Like, right. It's a different concept. And I, I love that. I love that you said that because it's, that rings so true. And I try to tell people like some, someone was like, Oh, I got to move to LA and get, you know, I'm going to take my band there and we're going to get big. And I'm like, I don't know if that's how it works, but go for it. Do your thing. I, I'm so happy that I left and my, and to the friends that I have that are still there, they are, it, it's a, it's a toxic culture mm -hmm. and they, I tell like, I'm like, Hey man, I, I'm sorry to keep saying this. There's a friend I talked to a few days a week. Sorry to keep saying this, but you need to get out of California. Like it's, right. it sucks there. Why? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? You, you're literally, you like, you make a ton of money and you have not that much. Like right. you could, you could have that same amount of money and live for half the price somewhere else and do a lot more with it. So it's just like, Southern California is great to great place to visit, but don't love don't love the place to to live. West Coast in general, it's just and not to talk total trash. There's some people that can do it and love it. I've heard San Francisco has a lot of vibe where they are trying to more people trying to connect with each other rather than like tearing up the walls to try to get to the top. Right. So if you could vibe with that, awesome. I never really got that. It, for me, it was it was always just everyone else is trying to get the get at what little is there and so you you end up with 
like it's too much pull and not enough give. So I, I think that in Portland specifically, I yeah. think, uh, is an extremely competitive place. Yeah. And, and it, it wasn't like that when, when I was a kid. Okay. Um, like, uh, people didn't go to Portland to be discovered. Mm-hmm. They went to Portland mm-hmm. to like stay off the radar. Yeah. Like, yeah they, yeah. they wanted to do their weird thing before it was cool. Like, um, <laughs> They didn't go there to do their weird thing, right? Right. They're like, um, so, uh, and and now, like at, I think at its peak, something like ten thousand people a day, like are moving to the West Coast somewhere, yeah. which yeah, just seems that. utterly unsustainable, right? Right. Like, um, I think in in Portland. Uh, what I observe is that there was never like when the growth really started to arrive and when yeah. property values really started to go up, yeah. um, it went from being like already the whitest major city <laughs> in the nation to being even whiter. Yeah. Like, and not just like, uh, I mean, there, there was just no, uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many, how many great creative people that I know who were forced out of their own neighborhoods. Right. Yeah. Like, and people that were making a decent living who like, mm. literally couldn't afford to live yep. in a neighborhood that they actually made cool by being there and doing right. the weird thing. Right. Right. Um, so, like, and, and you have hot spots like Brooklyn and Bronx that have kind of gone through the same thing over the last couple of years too. Right. I mean, I don't know if you know much about that, but like, you know, it's starting to turn over and, and right. get, but the the things, and that's what happens with gentrification in general. It, you push the people out that made it what it is. It's happening right now in Lawrenceville sure. for a lot of it. But in most cities, it happens at a slower growth rate. Right. Um, I think I think the the churn in mm-hmm. Portland and Seattle and San yeah. Francisco specifically is I can see that it, uh, like operates at a breakneck speed where where literally I mean I I go at, I go back to Portland um, at least once a year because okay. all of our family still lives there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like people are always asking me like, well, what should I do when I go to Portland? And the first thing I'm thinking is, you know, anything I'm going to tell you to go see is probably not there by the time that you arrive, Wow, which is totally true. Right. Cause like, um, they, the developers have figured out how to come into a community mm-hmm. and like, uh, bring in new businesses within yeah. and within two years many of those businesses are going to become a vacant space where they can put like a whole foods. Hmm. And so they'll like bring a new business, but then they'll like that business will get replaced and they'll do like condos. And then that condo community will get expanded and become a bigger condo community. And it's just hmm. like development has just figured out how to keep redeveloping like the same square footage over and over and over again. Right. Which from a financial standpoint makes so much more sense than just like selling a house. Right. Right. Because, like, if you've sold a house, you can just sell it once. But if you can figure out how to, like... Right. But it's easier on the on the, to get to... You just go inch by inch right. you, to the city. You're like, hey, I, w- I want to put this thing here. It'll be good. Right. And then you're there. And then you're like, oh, I want to do this now. And, right. And, oh, well, that's not that much worse. Sure. Right. Okay. Like, you know, we've, we've already got a Starbucks. Why not, you know, have three? Right. That's not weird, right? <laughs> not weird at all. <laughs> they're all. They're all sustained, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, everyone loves it. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Well, to take this episode from being we hate the West Coast <laughs> because that's not exactly where I want to go with it. <laughs> love love my friends on the West Coast. Love 
family, I do friends. not hate the West Coast. Correct. I, I don't I do hate not. it. Yeah. I just hate living there. I'm thankful that I don't live there anymore. Correct. Sure. Correct. Uh, so to, to bring ourselves out of that little... Um, <laughs> to, to get... To, <laughs> little tangent there. Let's get, get off the, the complain wagon. Right, right. Yeah. That's... Uh, so tell me about... So when did you start DJing? Like what got you interested in your like... You, there, there's a peak because between when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to listen to music. I'm really interested in music. You are, is there a point where you're like, I got to show my friends this all the time? And they're like, well, I might as well just DJ. Like, like that's how I think it, it escalates in my, in my head. I mostly, uh, I, I think that I mostly started DJing so that I could have an excuse to buy more records. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I think I think my wife would still say that that's <laughs> largely true. That's uh, uh, I, I think <laughs> like while you're still doing why are you still doing this? I just like buying records. Well, I mean, sometimes yeah. sometimes we do make money. Like, well, yeah. You know, I, I have some parties that that have made some money. Uh, sure. Like, I think, um, but when I first got into it, uh, I think, yeah, it was just simply. I think it, it makes logical sense to if you can turn something that you're yeah. already spending money on sure. into a tax write-off, right? Or, you know, yeah, it's necessary. Sure, yeah. Like, <laughs> make it make it something. Okay, I yeah, got I mean, it. If I'm if I if I'm already spending the money on records, right? Then, like, at least I'm opening up the the opportunity or the potential that I might might monetize that. Sure. I like that in some way. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So, what what age were you when you started? And your that you said I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna DJ. Uh, I, well, I think that the first time that I DJed a party, I think I was maybe uh, I don't know, twenty three. Okay. So. Okay. Um, but I think before that, I mean, again, I I hate to bring up the fact that I'm a culture kid from the nineties, but, but it, I mean like yeah. selecting at a party as right. a culture kid from the nineties is like just something that everyone was doing. Right. Right. Like you would bring your music to the party. Right. Maybe, maybe there's someone who's the quote unquote DJ. Sure. Um, but even if there is a DJ, sometimes like if you're at a house party, there's still is opportunity for people to just to just come and just play their records. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I knew enough people that had turntables. Yeah. Like, um, and had a turntable at home. Right had music and there's a difference between having a turntable a home turntable and like a, one that you dj with definitely right yeah so i i um because everyone had one at home back then uh well this was you know that's not entirely true I, okay I think that by the mid 90s yeah i would say that even even at that time maybe yeah. half of my friends had access to turntables okay um, I think even at that point, like, yeah, yeah. you know, culture had shifted and people were, were switching over to CD pretty hard. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, then, yep. And, Time and makes sense. yeah. And, and the people who had access to turntables, I think other than, uh, a couple of friends that I had that were actual DJs, most of them just had access to their sort of parents, parents turntables. Right? <laughs> sure. Sure. Like, did we play our parents records? Yes, we did. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And so it, it say, that segued from I'm going to just kind of jump on this here and there 
And then when did you start to get serious about it where you're like, oh, actually, this is actually something I want to do and I want to throw parties and I want to be involved in this community? Well, actually throwing parties yeah. is not something – so like promoting parties isn't really something that I did uh, for the DJ community really until I was here in Pittsburgh. Really? Okay. Which is interesting because yeah. like in Portland, I had had experiences as a DJ. Yeah. I was connected with a lot of DJs who were my friends. Right. I also worked for a all ages concert venue okay. that was mostly booking some DJs, but more booking bands. Right. Right. Um, and so, uh, but then never really thought about d doing that as a vocation. Right. Um, like from when I was a grown person and had to get a grown person job that was largely, right. I mean, I, I worked for uh, as a development officer for, for about 10 years, sort okay. of raising money for, for nonprofits. And, right. and I was still going to parties, yep. still connected with DJs and still, you know, putting on shows sort of, uh, yeah. in, in my after hours as it were. Sure. So I think, um, I had to go through the experiences of walking away from, from both promoting parties. Yeah. Um, and being, you know, going from a time where I was pretty involved and pretty engaged in a, a DJ culture in Portland mm. um, to that maybe following for a season and investing my uh, my energy and, into sort of developing and sustaining community in different ways. Right. Um, um, I, I think huh. that what I've come to understand as an as an adult is that really everything that I've done. Um, whether it's work as a Presbyterian minister mm -hmm. or work as a development officer or, you know, as a promoter, like yeah. you know, all these different hats that I wear are really about yeah. just trying to curate spaces mm. where people can meet in a meaningful way yeah, and curate spaces where people can find some deeper meaning right. to, um, you know, uh, their lives, shared context, deeper way to engage a community, right. deeper ways to get involved in our neighborhood, deeper mm. ways to show care for the world. Like, I think it's all about sort of trying to like, uh, allow music to, instead of being something that we escape into, yeah. you know, sort of that, that we allow music or an experience to ground us and yeah. bring us into a moment where we're encountering people and having yeah. a shared experience. Um, is that, is that a that. really no, like, no, no, like I 90s love, culture kid thing no, to say? No, like, no, no. I love that. Actually, I think like last year I was writing something where I was saying that, you know, the escapism, I, I wish that we could have a, a culture where we'd go to a party and no one there was trying to escape that everyone loved what they were doing and loved themselves so much that, that they connected on a different level. They're not there to try to get on a level where they can start to enjoy themselves, but they're already enjoying themselves. And so like, like if I could have anything for the culture, for the people, it would be, it'd be that, you know, where, where people are already happy with who they are and what right. they're doing. And so trying to escape the, a life, right, exactly. trying to engage a life more fully. Exactly. Maybe, or exactly. engage a relationship more fully. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that um, that's, that is is spot on. Mm. Uh, I, th I think um, 
I think that um, it's different from the way that most people think of mm-hmm. music right. as entertainment. Right. Um, but I, I think that that's like the the wonder of narrative mm-hmm. and the wonder of art right. um, and the wonder of melody is that these are things that we encounter with our bodies someone made with their body like right. as a whole person like yep. whether you're sitting down like solo mission on a keyboard or like um you know whether you're writing something or painting something mm-hmm. that you know you're you're sort of um you're taking your your experience set you're right. reflecting on that you're processing on your life right and through the lens of who you are you're putting something out into the world right and and the fact that we just think of that as something that we can consume in order to escape right our reality is a weird yeah. weird way of thinking it's like someone right. someone had to fully engage their reality to mm-hmm. make this piece of beauty right and somehow we're just going to take that and like reduce it to our like right. youtube playlist and <laughs> like right I, I don't know it's a, it's a weird relationship to art it is I it mean, is yeah I mean, especially if we think that that art, like in its truest form, is speaking truth to power mm-hmm. in some way, or like right. reclaiming space in some way, or like hmm. um, you know, like trying to evoke some sort of a deeper interpretive lens. Right. If there if there was one characteristic that you would, and and I mean this as uh, you know, from a religious standpoint, music standpoint, whatever it is. Um, if the, what would one characteristic that you would hope that other people could ha- have more in their life, like that would make the whole community better? I'm curious about that. Wow. Yes. Let me let me get sh- let me get that one more time. Just okay. To make sure that. Okay. For, for the kids in the back. Sure. And this old give guy. me give me one characteristic. Okay. That you think would help grow the community. That just everyone just if everyone practiced this one thing and got a little bit better at this one thing. So I, I think I'm gonna, I, I I'm have something gonna steal but, a little bit from okay. you because okay. I think you were getting into it a little bit. Sure, I think sure. it, it comes down to self love. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. That, like if if I actually it's think good. that there's something yeah. that I'm doing, um, in order for me to believe that there's something that I'm doing, yeah, that's worth people's time. Yeah. I have to believe that I'm worth people's time. Right. Absolutely. Because everything we do is relational. Sure. Um, everything you do as a print shop owner is relational. Right. Um, uh, you know, I think, think that Absolutely. the more, the more that I love that I recognize that there's something in me that is beautiful mm-hmm. that, that I can somehow like as a, a human person that mm-hmm. I can interpret my world and, and mm-hmm. have something to say about what I'm seeing. And, right. Um, the fact that the human animal has the capacity to right. actually participate with beauty in some way, like that requires a degree of self-love. Absolutely. Like, more than just self-like. Right. You have to believe that you are ultimately just as a human, that you're mm-hmm. worthy of love. Absolutely. Uh, and the yeah. more that you like believe that you're worthy of love, yeah. the more that you love the sel- yourself mm. as a fully embodied person, yeah. The more you're willing to take risks and like put your stuff out there and be right. like, this is, this is my art. Yeah. Like, like it, love it, get it, don't. Right. 
I think that's a barrier that a lot of people have because they're not sure if they love it yet and or they haven't found that love for themselves. And so it's harder to put something out when you're not sure of it, you know? And when you if you have something, hey, I love this thing, try it. This right. guy with his pizza tonight. Oh, I love this pizza. Right. He, he's making this pizza. Oh, this looks good. Oh, you know, he loves it. He wants yeah. you to have it. He wants, you know, he found that that thing that makes him happy. And so if, if you have that, then then you have to put it out. So you have to share it with people. Something that you said that I think is really interesting. Yeah. Because I think that it, it, it speaks to the way that people think a lot. Yeah. Is that like they, they haven't had that thought yet or that mm -hmm. realization mm -hmm. that they're that they're worthy of love. Right. But but I think that that's that's a really Western way of thinking mm -hmm. in that we think that we can like think our way to better living. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like I'm going to think better about myself. Sure. Right. No, but, absolutely. But to your pizza guy. Right. Who's like in love with his pizza. Yeah. And he's in love with you and he's making this pizza that he loves for you right. and is like having this relational moment. Yep. Like he learned to express love through pizza by just making pizza. Yeah. Like he didn't wake up one day and like, oh, I love myself now. Right. Now I love myself. <laughs> I can love show love through this pizza. Right. Like we don't we don't think our way to better living. Like we, right. it's through practice. It's yeah. through like like in order to love myself. Yeah. And to love my art and to love my vocation, I have to do those things. Yeah. Right. I have to like show myself care. I have mm -hmm. to take the time to take walks when I need, need to, right. to, to listen to my body when it's time to read or to mm -hmm. reflect or to mm. get out and be a part of my community. Right. Um, if, if I want to like learn to show love as a DJ or a promoter, yeah. Like I have to, put myself out there and take the risk and just like live into the practice right. of being a participant in community. And in that, in that moment, like I learn how to love my community and love myself and, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I think no. that's, that's that, there's maybe some nugget of something in there. There's definitely, there's a few. Okay. I think I like that. That was good. If I was going to say patient, so it's different because, I was thinking, well, uh, if, if, if there's anything that could grow the community and, and you're spot on a thousand percent, but m my answer would have been patience. Okay. So, and that, that's patience with yourself and patience with other people. Cause I, I, I think I, I see too much of, you know, and that might still be some Southern California where people want things too quick and they're like, or it might be my industry where people, what do you mean you can't do it right now? You know, but I, I think in general, you know, you're in traffic or you're, you're, you're doing your thing and you're hoping that it could go by quicker or right. you're in a relationship or you're whatever that might be. And you just want something to happen before it's ready. And it's, so I think if, if there, there's some level of growth in taking a step back, taking a breath, breathing, you know, patience. But what if we're talking about the same thing? Okay. I'm curious. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, I think that maybe, maybe like, like peace and patience yeah, yeah, yeah. and like listening. Like yeah. maybe these are just like love's love languages. Correct. Like I, I, agree, I, I agree show you love right. and show me love by being patient with you. Right. And expecting you to be patient with me. Correct. Like it's a way that we show our children love. Right. Right. Like we, we allow them to be who they are. Right. And we don't, we don't expect them to be other than they are. Right. Um, right. In the right. same way that we show love 
and show value to one another by listening. Correct. Like to everybody listening to this, you yeah. know, we don't listen. Like there's no, there's no valuation yeah. in our culture on listening, right? We, mm -hmm. we prioritize speaking over listening. Sure. But listening is really the way that love shows it loves. Yeah. Um, speaking can never really do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think that I, this is maybe me like saying I agree with you plus more words. Yeah. No, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I see, I see where you're at. It's um, someone said a while back, they said, uh, my son, his name is Shark. He's four years old. Okay. And they're like, you're so patient with him. Like how, and you know, I, that's, that's probably one of my attributes that I think that I, I tried I'm not always perfect with it, but I try my best to, to work towards that. And I'm like, he's, he's my kid. Like, why wouldn't it, if I was going to give my patience to anyone, why wouldn't it be him? You know, like, and it's hard. He's four, he was three, he was two. Like the, those are hard ages that you're like, yeah, for sure. They, they test you and they, they want to hurt you and they want to throw a hamburger in your face and yep. like see what happens and all that you they're they're tiny and you want to not be so nice but you're patient you take a breath and you you're, do you, you're do able you see to see a relationship in your life yeah uh and your experiences as a, as a parent in hmm. your capacity to listen to shark yeah uh, and your capacity to listen to and be patient with yourself uh, absolutely how are those related um I think that this is a rhetorical question. Yeah, no, I think that uh, I think that you want to you're hoping to get it from other people. Right. And so by putting it out there, you're hoping that you can get it back. Hmm. That would be my that would be my answer for that. OK. So and knowing full full well that it's probably not going to happen, especially with the three year old. Even with other people, it's, it's probably not going to happen. But if I can give it to you, and that's something that not a lot of people can give, mm -hmm. then that's something that I have value, uh, some way that I can show value that other people might not be able to. Definitely. And, and I, I can see where you're going with that in that, like, and you offered a very important caveat that, like, yeah. if you put something out mm -hmm. that you're, if you're putting out something positive. Yeah you're hopefully increasing the potential of something positive mm -hmm. just sort of being out there sure. and it might come back your way. And, you know, and as a parent by listening and being patient, you right. might be modeling that and get right. more listening and patience. Absolutely. But I think there's also, there's also the fact that you have, that you have to have a modicum mm -hmm. of patience in yourself in order to be able to extend that and show that and practice that. Absolutely. Um, and, and so I think that, uh, I think that when we increase our own ability to love self mm -hmm. and the only way we do that is by showing love to others. Right. Right. Because like when I, when I show welcome and love and hospitality right. to all of you, there's parts of me that I'm showing love and welcome and hospitality to at the same time. Absolutely. So like as I'm growing in my capacity to love and listen mm -hmm. and grow and be, grounded and be patient and just sort of be trying to be like a good dude in the world. Right. Like I think that I'm uh, like through practicing that I'm like learning how to love me. Mm. And as I do, mm -hmm. I'm learning how to take more risks and put myself out there more and right. be more present um, in it's my huge. community and, and with my family and 
Um, you know, it's, it's none of it's easy, right? I think that right. most of us go to art because mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out how to love ourselves. And so we're mm -hmm. trying to put something of beauty out there mm. in the world that can be sort of evidence right. that there's something to this human animal that's really worth loving. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're all trying to get there. Yeah. I love it. Well, um, where could we, where could we find you? Do you have an online presence? Uh, I, you, you can find me on Instagram. Paul okay. James Seif loves you. Okay. Talking nice. About love. Yep. It's a nice little unplanned tie in there. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, promote parties under the, the brand Vinyl Debt, um, okay. which uh, I've probably invited everyone who's listening to <laughs> at least something. Yeah. Um, whether it be, you know, Prince versus Michael or who sampled or my, you know, monthly um, DJ brunch and vinyl pop-up that happens at Spirit um, okay. last Saturday of every month. Cool. Um, yeah, like, uh, like... I'm also really easy to find on the, on the face place. If people okay. like use that contraption. Right. Right. Um, cause I'm the only Paul Seif that okay. you will find anywhere in the vicinity of Pittsburgh. Okay. How do you yeah. spell that? S E I F. Okay, cool. We'll definitely check them out and make sure on this video, feel free to comment, like share and follow us, subscribe. And, uh, See you next week. This has been Thoughtful Discussions. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Go Pittsburgh. Go Pittsburgh.